Brent Locker, my friend. It was awesome to have him on uh, the podcast. Awesome to introduce him to the audience. Introduce him to you. I've told you much about Brent. Yeah, he he was really gracious and kind, and we talked about all kinds of different things. We had conversations about neuroscience, inner healing, the role of the role of knowing our identity and knowing who we are, and and how important it is to know that God's love uh, is is key and it's vital. Yeah. Brent is, is a pastor. He's got a pastor's heart, and you'll sense that while he's talking. Brent, um, one of his passions is that people would know how to encounter God's presence, like a deep knowing, not just theologically, but actually experientially. He's uh, able to uh, help us experience God in our emotions. And so uh, I so appreciate and value him, and I'm thankful that we were able to have him on. I think this is going to be a, a really encouraging podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. Bless you guys. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm grateful you're here. Brent, my friend Brent is is with us today. Hey, I'm thrilled to be with you, Jason. Always love spending time with you. When I first met you, we were at a conference and actually Thomas, uh, we all went out to a Bethel conference. Thomas was there. I was there, a couple other friends and you were there. And, and, uh, and that was when you and I really connected in a way where we decided we'd be friends. <laughs> I know our hearts, I know our hearts instantly connected. That's, that's, that's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and we made an intentional point to connect and we have monthly, sometimes weekly since. And, uh, I was telling Thomas how excited I was to have you, uh, because, uh, of who you are, who you've become in my life, a, a voice of wisdom. You carry the love of the father, like very few people I know. And, uh, and, and you, you, you release identity. Uh, I, I told him, I don't know too many people that have a, a pure pastor's heart, one that I would trust, like I trust yours, even in just a couple of years that we've gotten to know each other. So man, I'm glad to have you. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. I love your heart too. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're going to start with the fun stuff. All right. Right off the bat, man. Uh, you and I've talked about this. We've talked about, uh, the podcast, uh, rethinking God. Uh, that part you and I do a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we're all growing in what it is to know what he's like and he's good. But this is rethinking God with tacos. Okay. <laughs> when we first started this uh, podcast, we actually eat tacos while we were <laughs> while we were recording, and I got tired of editing out all the lip smacking. <laughs> so so now we just talk about our favorite tacos. So let's start there, man. Tell me your favorite tacos. Well, this is going to sound so self-serving, but um, they're yeah my own tacos. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I, I love grilling tri-tip. And so then I always uh, take the leftovers the next day and uh, use that for the tacos. Uh, I don't know too many people that use tri-tip for tacos, but like, man, <laughs> is it good? And then, you know, with organic ingredient, fresh ingredients, and then a little splash of uh, Tallulah on the top and oh, make good. my own, make my own tortillas. Uh, yeah. So I have not wow. found another that I like as well as my own yet. You make your own tortillas? Uh, yeah. I'm a foodie and I love, I just, yes, I love to cook. Love, love, love to cook. We've heard a lot of responses to this question, but no one that said that they make their own tortillas. Made their own tortillas. Yeah. What kind of steak did you use? Uh, tri-tip. Yeah. I think tri-tip would taste good on Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I actually undercooked the tri-tip a little bit yeah. because then I use the ends that are done well and then 
that way the uh, the the more rare part in the middle, I I cook that up the next day, knowing it's going to go on the top list. Oh, it's it's just perfect. It oh, works every I love time. It. I love it. I feel very disqualified <laughs> to be part of this conversation. This, this cooking stuff is way over my head. I'm going to come back to these fun questions because I, I know I could talk football and I know I could talk music with you. Um, I don't, I don't think I told Thomas, but Brent is a um, football fanatic yeah. and a oh, and yes. um. <laughs> we could talk fantasy football for quite some time. <laughs> if we go down that road, this this becomes a very different <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to jump off of the Jesus we've been talking about. You and I have been having um, phenomenal conversations about Jesus. And I know that that phrase rethinking, you know, we've, I've used it with you as I've described to you the podcast. Yeah. That the idea is, is that we're constantly coming, coming to a greater revelation of his goodness. Yeah. Revealed, of course, through Jesus. And I think we probably connected primarily early on regarding how Jesus revealed the Father. And uh, I know that both of us have mm-hmm. some, some serious transformational stories in our lives growing up, uh, knowing one thing about God and then discovering his goodness and discovering the Father through Christ. And right. You've written a book about it, yeah. Always Love. Mm-hmm. I would love if you would start there, um, if you would maybe tell us. Uh, where where some of the greatest shifts came, right. some of the greatest rethinking has come in your in your understanding of who Jesus is, who the Father is, and what that's done in your ministry and your parenting and your life and yeah. all the rest of it. Wow, I was going to say, do we have a ten hours for this podcast? This is great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Like I think uh, the way I would just say it is that I I I've, I've always had a a love for God, like all through my years, I've always been more of, of understanding the tenderness of God. That's kind of been part of my makeup, but man, did that shift and change through the years. And um, I, I guess I would, I guess I would fast forward to about a, a time when I was pretty broken. And um, this was back, uh, gosh, about uh, 20 plus years ago now. And um, I launched out to plant a church. I won't give all the back details, but I uh, started my own church and I was so excited. I'd already been a pastor, but now I was going to have a church where, you know, God could be God. Holy Spirit could have freedom to be himself. Uh, right. You know, it's just going to be this great, we're, we're going to usher in revival, you know, all of it. I just had. Yeah. We're, we're going to do it right. stars in my eyes we're gonna have the best church everyone in the world's gonna want to come here you know just little things like that (laughs) and uh but what actually happened was um (laughs) i had a lot of learning to do and um there was a lot of places where i was still pretty immature for sure and after about uh, uh, a year or so i i uh, met another pastor friend and the two of us decided to uh, merge our churches and it was really great for a while uh, the problem was is that we never really talked about the leadership structure, and we just called ourselves co-pastors without giving it much thought. We even brought on a third guy and said, "Hey, you're a co-pastor too. This is great," right. and it was great right. for right. about a year. Yeah. Until uh, the the issue is is uh, we had no spiritual fathers. Big big uh oh, and um, and so what what happened is we became three brothers, three elder brothers vying for position. Right. Um, you know, who's going to lead the ship, but it was more, it was deeper than that. It was heart issues. Um, and we had no one to turn to because we had no spiritual father. So it was a train wreck waiting to happen. That's the short, short version. It was very painful for about two years trying to work it out. And, 
and and um, lots of pain and hurt and things that you never thought was going to happen. And in the end, I ended up giving the church to the other two guys and said, I can't, I can't do this. I love you guys. I can't do this. And honestly, in some ways it was like, it was like giving a child away. Right. It was uh, very painful, but then in the ensuing days, weeks, months, I, I uh, grieved a lot, but I also felt like I was a great disappointment to God. I, all my dreams had crashed and burned. Wow. I, I was like, father, do you, am I even going to be a pastor still? What, uh, did I just blow it so bad? Can 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 we even pick up the pieces here? And um, it was in that pain uh, and disillusionment and feeling like I was a failure to my father that that my my dad, my heavenly father, just started encountering me over and over and over again. And and a lot of times it would be while I was walking. I went on trips. I went. I remember going to Canada and to the Niagara Falls. I'd be just sitting there looking at the falls and weeping and weeping as God's saying, yeah, that's, these falls are expression of my love for you. You see all this water, son? Wow. doesn't even compare wow. to what I'm pouring over you. Wow. And then I would walk through parks and just cry and weep because he would keep telling me, I love you because I love you, not because of anything you've done or you haven't done. Son, you know, it's time that we start re- redoing what you think this foundation's on. And this is where he started to, to um, share this huge shifts happened in my life at this time where he would, he was giving me heart to hearts and, and uh, he was saying, son, you're not going to find your identity anymore in being a pastor. Wow. That that's, if you do that, your, your identity, your life's going to go up and down, like, yeah. you know, huge ups yeah. and downs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he says, no, no, no. Your identity is my son. That's it. That's it. And, and, uh, that, that, that was just a game changer. That's the only identity that he wanted me to um, focus on and to, to realize I'm, I'm his loved, cherished son. Yeah. The next one was almost equally as important, which is, he said, he said, um, you're no longer going to build, uh, a church. He said, I've already built my church. You're going to build the kingdom. And that was a game changer. Wow. You could spend a while there, but that, that is a huge shift. A huge shift. Well, because I, and I just speak to all pastors for just a moment because, or anyone that's trying to build something to find your identity. Yeah. We all do it. And, and the problem is, is that if that's where we're trying to get our identity, then we're going to, we're really going to focus on how many people do we have? Who's coming and going? Yep. Uh, we, and we start unknowingly controlling people, manipulating, trying. Sure. We don't think we're doing it. It's no one has a bad heart and, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But if our identity is wrapped up in that, oh my goodness, we're going to do everything we can to hold on to people. Yeah. It's that Peter going into a garden on behalf of his understanding and suddenly he's swinging swords. He, he doesn't even believe in swords. He's never held a sword in his life. But suddenly it's that insecurity, right? You're just, you're doing things on behalf of the kingdom, on behalf of your love, on behalf of instead of. Yeah. And and similar to that, then I would say the, the father was telling me, uh, I don't want you to do things for me anymore. It's great. It's awesome. I love your heart, but we, we I want to do things with you. That's where all the fun is. And I had spent a lot of my life trying to make God look really good and do things for his kingdom and for him. And it all sounds really good, but I was missing the joy and the fun of my father. Love it. That, that's where you asked, you know, where were, where were some of those turning points? That was a huge moment for me. Yeah. And, and one, one of the things I want to bring out in here is that, is that when I was walking through those parks and God began to soften my heart and just tell me he loved me because I was his son for no other reason, 
one of the things that I that I did is I, I would say out loud, and I'm doing this in the middle of a park, nobody's around. I'm like, I said, Daddy, you love me. And I would open up my arms to heaven and I would be weeping. And <laughs> I, I just, I did that often. And there was something about engaging my voice, my will, my emotions into the truth. Uh, so often people are asking me, you know, how do I connect with the Father? And one of the things I try to get people to do is use their voice, do something you didn't do before. Right. For me, that was arms open wide to heaven, you know, yelling out, daddy, you love me. I'm your son. I'm the one you adore. <laughs> and, uh, and there was something, it's not like doing that once instantly connects you with God, right. but there is a connecting in process that we've got to engage in. Uh, otherwise we just sit on the couch and say, well, God, if you love me, you'd let me know, you know, and that's not going to work. We need to engage our hearts with him. Well, that, thank you for sharing that. That resonates a lot with my own story as well. Jason kind of talks about how a lot of times he has a lens and, and my lens that I'm about wholeness. Uh, part of you know the work that I do is I'm a, I'm a mental health psychotherapist and a, and a counselor. And so one of my big missions is, you know, I want people to, to experience wholeness. And, and what that means spiritually is knowing, uh, knowing the love of God and living out of a place of his love and and so uh for you as you you know i heard you touch on wholeness there and 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 what it means to be whole can you can you talk a little more about that just in your own life what what wholeness has looked like for you yeah absolutely i i, I want to first of all just bring up uh verse we're all really familiar with proverbs 3 5 and 6 where you know it says love the lord with all your heart i did a study on that on that verse in, in the Hebrew, and that is really talking about instead of loving the Lord with all your heart, uh, intellectually, we, we might think, well, am I loving God with all my heart? Uh, and then we can get into that self-condemning place. Uh, but actually what that verse is saying is, is love the Lord with a whole heart. Wow. Changes the whole. It changes all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Love the Lord with a whole heart. And, and, and don't lean on your own or sending, meaning your own perceptions are often not telling you the truth. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. And in all your ways, acknowledge him that word acknowledge, you know, is that experiential connection encounters with a real father and he will direct your path. He will take you on the most direct path to your wholeness. And, and the reason why I wanted to start there is because, because God is inviting us into, he knows that we can't trust him, love him with all that we are, unless he heals us up and he, unless he encounters us in those broken places. Yeah. And the more we have that history with him, he brings wholeness. And then we, we, we can love him with a more whole and complete and, and uh, healed up heart that, that therefore that heart can trust the Lord. The broken one can't because, and he knows that, you know, he loves us in the midst of, of that process. So what does that look like actually? Um, for me, it looks like learning to be real and raw with my father, knowing it had to start with knowing that he he was going to accept me no matter what. He loved me because he loved me because he loved me because he loves me. You know, that's that's a Graham right. Cook, you know, thing I picked up along the way. <laughs> Graham Cook. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. When I was in that broken, torn up place, I was listening to Graham all the time. 
you know, <laughs> he loves you because he, he loves, loves you, you because he loves you. you. Yeah, you just feel the, the the love of your the pleasure of your father whenever I say it. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! So it's in that place that we know we we can begin to have the courage to come and bring our our broken, tattered, traumatized heart to him. And um and in w- one of the examples I would give you is um. Uh, my, my, my dad growing up was a great dad. Like he was, went to my games and, you know, loved me and was there for me. And so a lot of times we think, some of us might think, well, I had a pretty good childhood. You know, I didn't have any great trauma, but as I went deeper and deeper with the Lord, I realized there were some things, um, for, for me, for example, is, uh, my mom and dad got a divorce when I was uh, much older in life. And then my dad got remarried and, the short story is that in the end, um, his, my dad's own children, I'm the youngest of four, we didn't receive an inheritance, uh, any kind of inheritance from him, though he had wealth. Now, yeah, I, I'm so good with the Lord that I process that with him, and it's okay. My, my Father in heaven provides for me. I'm okay. And I kind of made it like, I'm good, you know, two thumbs up. And I, and I was for years. Right. And then there came a time in which... Uh, there was a moment where where God started to uh, show me some cracks in my heart and say, you know, there's still some things there. Let's talk about that. And I remember going into a room and I just fell on my knees and I started sobbing and and I started being really real with my earthly dad who was already gone, you know, to be to be in heaven with Jesus. Yeah. But I just started saying, Dad, you know, yeah, you didn't you didn't think about us to give us an inheritance, you know, and I, I began to talk to him and then the father came in and I, and I just began to sob with him. And I, I, I by just getting all the raw and realness out, there were more things as well. I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into all the details, but it was just a moment where honestly, for about 45 minutes, I sat there and sobbed. And, and in those moments, there were waves and waves of the father's love crashing over me. And him showing me truths that I didn't know before that moment. And this is such a big part of wholeness. I know you know this, Thomas, but exchanging the lies for the truth. You know, Jesus, how can we exchange the, the things that we thought, you know, the lies that we thought were, um, were, were true, but they're not? How do we exchange it? Yeah. So there was all kinds of exchanges like that going on in that 45 minutes. It was so deep, so powerful, so emotional. As It was all my senses, emotion, spirit soul everything was engaged um and and so what i tell people is is uh please be as raw and real with your father as you can he can take it he loves you yep. and yep. and if you'll go to that place there are some there's some deep places of healing he will bring you to but we but we actually have to risk that if we can be that raw and vulnerable he he will never turn his back he will never we're afraid sometimes that well, we can't, we can't really tell God what we think because part of what we think is where were you, God, when this happened? And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I want you to tell me. Because if you'll entrust me with that kind of pain, I'm going to show you answers you never even thought possible about where I was in yeah. your life. <laughs> that's, that's really good. I heard a couple of things there. One of them was just honesty, right? And yeah. for me, that's that's just a really big part of what it means to walk with Jesus and have a, have a living, active relationship. Yeah. Because, um, 
because the father is a safe place, you know, and, and he's a safe place to be able to be really honest with. And, yes. and so when I'm, you know, when I'm working with people, I, uh, I encourage them. It's like, be, be honest, be, mm-hmm. be raw. <laughs> and, um, because you're right, there's nothing that we can say that will lead him to, to turn away. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Brent. Yeah. One of the things that we're talking about is encounter. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you talk about encounter, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about it from a place of trust. Mm. Like you've come to the conclusion that there is a God in heaven mm-hmm. that Jesus revealed and he's always good. Mm. I think some of the things that you're talking about, some of the lenses that that, that have to shift, I'm, I'm passionate about people learning how to access an encounter with God, yes. to actually access a time or a, a moment with him. And, and all the books I've written are toward that goal that people right. could come into intimacy. I know this is on your heart as well, and you're graced and gifted in this to walk people into that. And what I found in our Western culture is that we know the names of God. We have this intellectual understanding of him, but often that understanding, that lens actually separates us from access to intimacy, from actually access to, to encountering him. And I found that mostly it's because we, we believe he's good, but we've also been taught other things about him. Mm-hmm. And the thing that astounds me is you're talking about being able to go into a room and lean into the father. And, 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 and the only way that happens is that you've developed in your heart a conviction that at the end of the day, he's good. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would love you to speak to, to how you got there. I would love to have you speak to how, how you read yeah. scripture, because I, I know a lot of the times that we're conflicted on the goodness of God is simply because of how scripture has been taught to us. And, and, and that's often from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And I think all the things you're talking about only happen to the extent that you're convinced he's good. I, mm-hmm. I say it this way. We can only have intimacy uh, with someone we trust and we can only uh, trust him to the extent we're convinced that he's good. True. And I meet so many Christians who don't know how to ha- have access to that intimacy, to that place of trust, because they're actually conflicted regarding his goodness. Right. This is such a great question, maybe that maybe what we're all pursuing our entire lives. And I, I think my honest first answer to this, which is not going to satisfy the intellectual minds is it is a work of the spirit. <laughs> it, it is. If, if we don't believe that, then we're going to fall right back into, well, if I just try a little harder, read a little more, say the right prayer, something, it is a work of the spirit that God says, if you seek me, you're going to find me. I'm going to draw you in. I will, I will let you know truth. And I think all of our lives is this kind of weeding out, if you will, of, of the things that just simply aren't true that we thought were true about God, but they're not true. Right. Uh, so there's a history. I, that, that was another thought that came to me. There's a history that, that God is leading us into. And the more we encounter his goodness, the easier it is for us to believe yeah. in subsequent moments. He's just going to be good. This is the only, this is the only, I, his character doesn't change. This is all he can be is yeah. good. Yeah. Now, now how do you explain that to somebody when they're wanting the quick, you know, you know, pray the right prayer over me, give me the, give yeah. me that flashy thingy, whatever, do that to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true it's so true yeah it is it's a lifelong pursuit and and um and because of his graciousness and kindness 
All of us at times, I think, I think most Christians, most followers of Jesus have been locked into some form or another of, of a, a religious um, kind of view because as you and I have talked about Jason and we know historically for centuries, uh, we've been, the, the, the body of Christ followers of Jesus have been pulled away from the truth and the core of the gospel, which is the goodness of God. Yeah. And, and that's so much that he sent his son. Yeah. And that's it. I was that's it. Okay. Let me try to get back to what you were asking though. You were asking about, um, oh, how to read scripture. So one, one of the things that's helped me immensely in encountering God, and one of the ways he's helped me through the years of, of encountering him is to realize that God is within us. Jesus, wow. we know we're pretty good with Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ is in me. But there are many scriptures that talk about the Father within, wow. within us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, First John, many other places. Yeah. It's, it's, it's throughout scripture. The Father's in us as well. Holy Spirit's in us. Yeah. And so often when we get into an intellectual mode, we're, we're trying to say the right prayer, do something so that that Father, Jesus, Spirit out there somewhere will hopefully notice and, and come visit us. And, and we misunderstand the miracle of, of God within us, yeah. the Lord within us. Yeah. And so how I've been reading scripture, especially the last year or two, I got reacquainted with a book I had read when I was in seminary. And to be honest, I was a 20-something-year-old back then. I wasn't ready for this book yet. I was still trying to, I was still trying to conquer the world. And, you know, I was the next best thing since sliced bread. And so I wasn't ready for it yet. Now I revisited it as a, as a 50, what am I now, 57-year-old. Yeah, and, yeah. and now I, I read this book. It's, it's Madame Guillaume. It's Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. Mm. I think it's called volume two. I don't know why, because I've never seen volume one, but um, experiencing the depths of Jesus Christ. And in this book, it's it. She so simply explains like, like, like it's to a child, like you can do this about how to encounter Jesus inwardly. And ever since the last couple of years, when I've, after I reread this book, I've, I've been reading scripture differently. I've read the Bible many times through. Uh, I used to read it, you know, to make sure I knew the facts. Right, right. Didn't get embarrassed if someone asked me a question and I didn't know the answer <laughs> right. because I'm supposed to know it because I'm a pastor. I don't read it that way anymore. <laughs> like, you know, if I really need to know a fact, I can Google it. Yeah, you know? that's right. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading the scriptures now to encounter Jesus, the Father, Holy Spirit within me. Yeah. And so, so when when a scripture hits me, I park it there and uh, I, I will, all of a sudden a phrase hits me and I go, whoa, father, look at this. You did this. And, and I'll just park there. And, and, um, and so in her book, one of the things that, that Madame Guillaume tells you to do is, is just to start with the Lord's prayer. Um, our father, our father. Yeah. <laughs> who are our father yeah 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 oh father and then as you do that and i often use my hands i wish we this wasn't just a podcast but i'll right now as i'm talking to you my, my fingers are in just below my chest like right there that chest cavity and i'm because mm, i can feel my father right there jesus within me and once i encounter that place that connection inward 
I don't need to go anywhere. I'm like, oh, there you are. And in most cases, because I've been doing this for a while now, once I intentionally look inward, my heart inward, I can often connect with the Lord in a matter of, of seconds. Yeah. There you are. Yeah. Oh, even in the midst of a really hard day, I was uh, a couple weeks ago, I was doing all kinds of of uh, work on, you know, with Zoom and all the things that I've had to learn how to do now in the shelter in place. Right, and right. It was yeah. just a particularly stressful day because nothing was going right in the technology realm and technology is not my world. <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm getting so stressed out. And I went outside, sat, at, I have this little garden back there and a little fountain going. And I said, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, and right there within seconds, you're right here in me. I'm not looking for you out there somewhere. And suddenly my whole being, I start feeling, it's as if I feel sometimes um, a warmth and a kind of a pressure coming from my chest down and my belly up yeah. and it kind of meets in the middle Yeah. and it feels so good. I know we don't base everything on feeling, but I also know that love does feel like something often. Yes. Yeah. At least yeah. with Absolutely. my wife, that's true. So I, I believe that's true with the Lord as well. Yeah. yeah. And so... So in that moment, all of a sudden, everything was right again. And then I still had to go back and figure out all those technology things. <laughs> oh my goodness, the bliss, the peace is right there. Hey guys, just a quick break to let you know that you can find Thomas and I on afamilystory.org. You can also sign up for the mailing list where we release weekly articles, a monthly message podcast, and then we keep you up to speed on any opportunities, teachings, uh, travels that we're doing. You guys can check out my Instagram page. I'm posting stuff on mental health, wholeness, inner healing. I also do a good amount of work with the Enneagram and I'm, I'm gonna be doing a couple of Facebook Lives here coming up. My Instagram handle is my first name, my middle initial and my last name. So that's Thomas F. Floyd. And mine is Jason Clark is. Jason Clark is. Yes, yes. Is what is there? <laughs> is whatever you need them to be, Jason whatever Clark you is. want them to be. Yeah. So go to familystory.org or check out our Instagram handles for more content and information. Bless you guys. We'll get back to this podcast. One of the things that I that I try to encourage people with is this integration of feeling, thinking, and doing, because God's present in all three. Yeah. You know, God's present and and. Uh, in our feelings and in mm -hmm. our emotions, he's present and and how he wants us to think, yep. right? He's present and the way we think about things, and he's also present in action. And so, uh, there's there's integration with with those three. So I, that's what I was hearing there, like that, yeah. And and what you were saying, yeah. I would say that his his love influences all of those aspects yeah. of who we are. Yeah, you know, we want to divide it all up and say, well, God's in this, but not so much in that. No, he's in all of it. He created us the way he created us for really good reasons. You know, from a very young age, I had this desire to know God more. I wanted, I, and not necessarily in an intellectual way, but just in, I wanted to know God more. But I think part of what I heard in that was that, well, A, I needed to do more, but B, I needed to think about the things above, right, more than, quote unquote, the things below. But one of the things I'm learning in just my own spiritual walk is that, you know, this idea of, and I heard you talk about this, that God being present in us, God being uh, in our, in, 
in our hearts, in our in our souls, in our minds, in our bodies. And so the way intimacy then works or, or how we access that is what I'm hearing you say is that it's not about bringing a God who's up above, down below. It's actually waking up to what's already available and present in us. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's awakening to that. It's good. And it's not yeah. having to earn, I need to bring God down, but it's no, I need to wake up yeah. to who God is in me presently. Yeah. I think some people have a hard time with that because it's, it feels lazy to them, but for me, it doesn't feel lazy. It's actually a, a lifetime work of waking up to the reality of how loved I am. Yes, I, I like that. The awakening. Uh, there is a lifetime of of awakening for mm-hmm. sure. And I would go again say this is a work of the spirit. If right. it were something we could do to make it all happen, we would have reason to boast. But Paul says you have no reason to boast because it's all by grace that we're saved. And saved is not, as you know, the word sozo isn't just yeah. a one time. <laughs> We're going to heaven now. So, so you know, saved is made whole and full and right, and it's a yeah. it's a it's a lifetime process. We are sozoed constantly. That word heal, yeah. healing, uh, yeah. uh, health, peace is sozo. And so, um, yeah, I would I would say this. This is one of the things that I've realized just listening to you, Thomas. I would say that one of the miracles or one of the transition points is when you realize uh, you had mentioned about about uh, when we. We, we should not think about the things below, but think about the things above. I, I would agree with that. But one of the transition moments, the aha miracle moments, is when you realize that God feels the same way about you and loves you as right. much when yeah. you're thinking about the things, the, the lowly things, as as well as when you're thinking about the heavenly things. Yes. See, that's the, that's the piece we're missing. We keep thinking, well, I got to do this to connect in more. And God says, no, you're already connected in. Yeah. If you'll just receive my love and know I love you no, regardless, yes. that's actually the thing that's going to pull you up into the heavenly things. So we're, we we switch it around and we make it a works ethic. Yeah. And and God says, no, you're missing the point and I won't let you work for something that's already yours. Yeah. yeah. You Like you said, Thomas, you wake up to this already every day. And that's the miracle is coming to that realization. It's always been mine. His love's always been mine. His inheritance has always been mine. It, there's nothing I can do. So it's that agreement, you know, that comes in the moments, those aha moments yeah, that yeah. really shift things. <laughs> I totally agree with that. And I think we have a lot to learn from other streams of the faith outside of the evangelical charismatic influence. Because I think, you know, via church history, there's, if, if we look at church history, there's a lot, especially I'm thinking about Ignatian spirituality, you know, especially in the 15th and 16th century, where they, they were tapping into some of this stuff. It's it's kind of already, it's, it's part of our church history, actually. But for whatever reason, somewhere along the way, when, you know, when we hit the 19th century, we kind of missed some of some of these things about awakening to what already is instead of having to earn yep. and having to do these things so that God doesn't turn away from us, yep, you know, yep. and all, all yep. this kind of language around that. So Right. And and since you just mentioned that one, Thomas, you know, so that doing the right thing so God doesn't turn away from us. Yeah, that's been a huge misunderstanding and mm-hmm. one that I certainly believed for a lot of my Christian life until God started <laughs> showing me through scripture something very different. Right, right. <laughs> But even that notion of of uh, trying not to sin, like making that the goal of Christianity, yeah, and I would say yeah. that is where that is where many 
well-meaning, you know, followers of Jesus who are trying really hard. I, I feel for them because I was there and it's exhausting and you can't win it. And so what happens when you can't win a game when you're a kid? You quit. <laughs> That's good. You want to know why people are leaving the church? Because if they believe that this is this is actually about trying not to sin. Yeah, we can't win that game. Yeah. Jesus already won it for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so actually what I tell people like those cotton addictions and, you know, like how come I keep going back to this thing again? And and I tell them, you know, the best thing you can do is bring Jesus right into that. Right. And they're like, what? No, because they were always taught that, you know, when you're in this place, well, God can't meet you there because you're in sin. No, no, there's no place you can go where he is not. Yeah. And yeah. actually, if we will engage God in that moment you're in the moment of pornography or drugs or anything yeah bring God right father why am I here again in the midst of it yeah uh, why am I here good. again what yeah. what's going on what in my heart yeah doesn't believe yeah. truth see we want to be condemning ourselves and I'm a terrible person God how could you love me yeah and God says no would you just ask me why this is an issue in your life cuz I'd love to go there with you and <laughs> yeah. heal that part of your heart yeah yeah that somehow religion or you know trying to be good or trying not to sin has taught us distance and there is no such thing it's there Christ is, in us it's Christ in us there is no distance there is no as uh, Francois de Tours says no delay there is no separation it's we, we are already no he is we can't have more of him uh, than we already have. We just grow in the revelation of it and the awareness of it. Man, so much of what you're addressing and speaking to uh, and, and where I feel the conversation has gone is is really toward how to have an encounter, like how to how to know him, how to dis, how to meet mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. which I think is the desire of every human being on the planet, uh, including Christians yes. who 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 uh, almost uh, sometimes operate with a deficit simply because, uh, they met him, experienced this beautiful sozo moment, and then have been taught distance and separation and delay, mm-hmm. and have had to navigate their faith uh, through that lens. Yeah. But I, I think the the most profound thing, and I, I want you to speak to this before we let you go, because I know you're working on some new things. You're you're writing a new book right now. Yeah. And I know some of this is more the focus of on how to love ourselves well. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about this. You can't love yourself well until you know his love until right. you've leaned into his affection yeah. you know we love because he first loved yeah uh but i'd love you to to take what we've been talking about and begin to speak uh to that if you could oh gosh i would love to i wrote the book always love by the way the subtitle which i i just think is the best part of that cover is you're god's treasure not his project <laughs> yeah. i love just, it man i just think that speaks everything right there yeah uh, <laughs> And, um, and so I wrote that book and, uh, a lot of that book, really the genesis of that book came out of my crushing time of feeling like a failure, God restoring me, telling me my identity is his son. Yeah. So I write this book, I'm guessing maybe about, you know, seven years ago, something like that. Uh, it's actually, you know, in many different languages and na- nations, uh, and it's helping people be set free. Yeah. But here, the reason why I'm sharing all that is because there's a context to that, that a few years after writing that book, I was waking up one morning, right in that in-between place between, uh, you know, sleep and awake. And, uh, and I hear God's voice very clearly inwardly to me saying, I want you to love yourself more. <laughs> and 
I remember being a little bit um, taken aback by that. Like I have a pretty good relationship with God. I'm, I was thinking, well, God, I thought I was loving myself pretty well. And I'm, I'm like in that moment, still kind of half asleep. I was thinking about almost like comparing myself to other people. I, I think I love myself better than most. And as you well know, God isn't interested in comparing us <laughs> with any other individual on the earth. Yeah. He's, he's just going to make sure every one of us is the truest version of who he created. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I said, well, I, th- I thought I was loving myself pretty well. And he said, I want you to love yourself the way I love you. Dang. And I said, wow. oh, well, then you're going to have to show me how to do that. And, and by the way, anyone who's listening, that's just a brilliant. Whenever God shows you something, please ask him to do it for you. Yeah. That's what he's inviting you into. Yeah. He's not telling you, be a better person, be a better Christian. He's saying, wouldn't you like me to help you with this? <laughs> so I said, I said, you're going to have to show me how to do that. And so that began mirror work, as in he began to instruct me to go to the mirror and to look at myself right in my eyes. And I do this a lot of times when I'm out speaking. In fact, sometimes I'll go to places like women's shelters, other places where I'm speaking, and I'll I'll bring a whole bunch of mirrors so that everybody can have a handheld mirror. Wow. And I make people look at themselves, and that's so hard for almost everybody. Wow. They can, people can put makeup on. They can do, you know, brush your teeth, whatever, because you're not thinking about it. But to actually look in your eyes, and he, and he told me, I, I want you to uh, look at yourself and say, I love you. <laughs> and do that again and say it like you mean it this time. Wow. Be kind, be kind to yourself. And, um, you know, this Thomas is going to get back to some of the healing stuff, too, is that is that um, is that we have this joy center in our brain. We are wired with this and infants need this, by the way. And the joy center of the brain is that part of you that's looking out to see from others that yes. um, they're glad you're there. They're glad to see you. Yeah, they're glad to wow. be with you. And and we actually capture that. There's, I think it's behind our left eye. We capture it in our brain, and it's actually part of our healthy development. So those who don't get that, this is a big part of why later on in life, many people can't seem to connect or feel loved yes. because it, that part wasn't, you know, wasn't matured. Wow. And uh, but the great thing about God is that is that it's all reversible. You can build into that joy center. Yes. And one of the crazy things about this is you can when you look at yourself in the mirror you can actually fill your own love tanks up yeah i realize we need other people yeah but isn't this wild you can actually begin to fill that joy center yourself wow and so i'll just tell you a little bit more of the story and that is then uh uh he started having me say more and more things you're worth taking care of was another thing look in your eyes you're worth taking care of wow see this is about loving yourself you'll never love yourself if you if you don't see what God sees when you look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead you'll trash yourself. You'll, uh, I, I tell people all the time, you know, that, that this is not, uh, loving yourself is not, um, it's the word loving yourself is, is, is not arrogant. It's not prideful. It's actually pride when we have a different version of truth than what God sees. Right. We take our version over God's version. That's pride. Right. Wow. God says you're lovable. This is who you are. I want you to start agreeing with me. And when we do that, there's a huge shift that begins to happen. So one day, just finishing the story, about a week or two into doing this mirror work, I'm brushing my teeth and 
and I was thinking, mulling over something. You know, like we do that a lot of that self-talk in our heads that's not very healthy. <laughs> and I'm mulling over something and that I had done or said, or I honestly don't remember what it was, but I was kind of trashing on myself, like, really, Brent, you did that? And I put my toothbrush down, and I walk out the, the door, the bathroom door, and I take about five steps, and bam, Holy Spirit says, stop. And I stop dead on my tracks. Turn around. Go back to the mirror. And tell yourself, I love you. <laughs> he, he was letting me know it's no longer okay to think these trash <laughs> thoughts and talk this trash talk over yourself. So Go good. back and do it again. I love you. Wow. Tell yourself again. We don't get a say in how he feels about us. <laughs> it's, he loves you and you should love you. Man, that is powerful. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's transformational for sure. Love is the greatest force in the universe. And yeah, there's cliches like that, but it's actually true. Yeah. And God is love. It's his love in us that transforms us yeah. more than anything That's else. Good. Wow. I could, I could, man, so many questions with that. I could totally nerd out to some brain stuff. You were talking about the brain and the joy center and yes. yeah, everything I'm learning yes. In my field, do it, man. Nerd out. I want to. I want to hear you do it. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, we're learning. We're learning so much through, you know, people. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Siegel's work and some some of these other guys, but they're talking about yes, just how we have the capability, really, of rewiring our brain. Yes, absolutely. And how you know neurons that that um, that fire together. They're just kind of wiring together. Yeah. I didn't say that Dane Siegel phrase right, but essentially we have the capability of really rewiring our brains. Yes. Which to me is incredibly hopeful because yes. someone that has been in the midst of just all kinds of just terrible situations. Yes. There is there is healing that can take place now that it may not come instantaneously just because of all the pain and the baggage that they've add, you know added on yes but it is in, it's possible like it, it is incredibly right. possible our brains are not static um there's there's all kinds of things that can happen and so one of the things that i try to guide people with that that come from a you know a, a christian perspective or that want some kind of spiritual insight is god is actually holding you together yes and not in a controlling way but he you know colossians talks about how he mm -hmm. he holds the universe together absolutely and so in the midst of our all the stuff we put on he's actually saying let me love you and mm -hmm. we're saying i'm not worthy mm -hmm. and he's saying let me love you and we're saying I don't deserve you. And we're saying, let me love you. And so the process of healing is actually allowing God to love us Absolutely. in the midst of all that. And so when you're talking about not hiding that, I mean, that's the kind of work that I try to engage with, with my people because it's, yeah, I mean, there's so many things there. All the attachment theory that we're learning in our field about how important it is to feel love at such a young age. Yes. And I, I'm convinced that so many of us in our relationships with God, we have no other choice but then to dissociate. Mm -hmm. Because if we have a God who is telling us that you need to do these things so that I can do A, B, and C, 
our brain has to put that in a box because right. it can't actually deal with the pain of that. Yeah. And so then you have fragmentation, you have splitting. Yep. Yep. Um, and so anyways, there, that's me nerding out. So. <laughs> can I, can I nerd out with you? Do we have time for me to nerd out? Please, please. please. Uh, because I love all this stuff. I'm so fascinated with it all. Years and years ago, I started finding uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf's stuff. You know, who switched oh, no, yeah. Who switched off my brain was her original title. Now it's Switch On yeah. Your Brain. She retitled it. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, the neurons and the, the, the trees that, that develop good and bad trees based on our thoughts and what we keep agreeing with over and over, good and bad thoughts, but how it's all reversible. And um, in fact, uh, Jason, you mentioned earlier about books I'm writing. I'm, I'm, I have, this is pretty early stages, but I've got a lot of the, I have an idea of a fiction novel done based upon this whole thing, because there's lots of good books out there. I don't need to write another and way more brilliant people than me about, about neuron science and all that. Uh, but I thought, man, I would love to do a fiction novel that comes in through the back door and surprises people that, of, of uh, seeing it in a way that lets them capture it in an imaginative way. But I, I, about the father's love, but about these trees in our brain and how they're reversible. Yeah. So I've got this whole thing around that going. Uh, but have you, uh, Thomas, heard about HeartSync? Does that name sound familiar to you? Yes. I haven't done a whole lot of research into it, but okay. it, it does sound familiar. Will you, do you mind explaining it a little more? Yeah, it's phenomenal. And we are we have inner healing teams. Uh, Susan Folkler is the one that leads our our inner healing teams. And they, they just see so much breakthrough with people. But but with um, Sozo, the, the Sozo ministry, uh, that they found that for a lot of people it was extremely helpful but there were certain people for where they for which they could just could not help them break through right yeah uh, with their past trauma and pain and things and it wasn't until they got acquainted with heart sync that they started seeing so much more breakthrough and and the the um the simple version is that we we have the kind of our true heart self the one the heart that Jesus created that soft heart um, that because of trauma and pain, we need to protect our, we, we've, God has given us abilities to protect that part so that it can remain intact. Yeah. And so the other part of our heart then that comes out, especially if we've had a lot of trauma is the functional side yeah. of our heart. You know, we've got a functional side, we know how to function and what protects that, uh, there's a protector part of our heart or a guardian is, is, uh, some of the terms that they use. And the reason why they found this so helpful is because in the past, either sometimes uh, inner healers or, or well-meaning uh, believers were trying to cast out demons when they, it wasn't demonic at all, Correct. or they just ran into a stone wall and couldn't figure it out. Well, once they started realizing and, and treating this guardian, this protector, almost as a, almost as a person, a really yeah. kind hearted person who's super tired because they've had to protect you for all these years and to acknowledge this this part of your heart this guardian protector part and say thank you so much you must be really tired would you would you like jesus to do this instead right. and there's again this transfer so that now there's a, a coming together of the heart and a and a more of an accessing of the deeper more real parts of your heart Absolutely. anyway that's the that's the short version of of what heart sync is, but we've seen huge breakthroughs because of it. When we dissociate, we, 
what you're talking about there is parts language, which is exactly what, mm -hmm. which is that there are certain parts of us that mm -hmm. feel or experience different things. But the problem is that we don't know their parts. So we just assume that when this right. part says I'm terrible, that it means all of me is terrible. As opposed mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. there's a part of me that's actually trying to say that I haven't healed in this area. And so a lot of the work yeah. that I do with people that have been through, have experienced trauma is, what, what are these different parts actually saying to each other? Because, mm -hmm. and, and, and what you're describing kind of sounds like internal family systems. And, and so that, I'm going to look that up though. Thank you so much for sharing about that. That, that sounds yeah, exactly absolutely. like the kind of work that, that I do with my people. So uh, this has been really, really fun. I knew uh, when I was telling Thomas about you, I was like, oh man, you guys, <laughs> I, I don't think I used the phrase nerd out together, but I will from now on. <laughs> But I, I will say this, bro. I, well, you know how I just appreciate our times together, and um, I'm so honored you, you would, you would come on here. Before I have you um, share where you can be found, share where your books are, the, the your website, and all that sure. stuff. You'd started with the Lord's Prayer, and while we were talking, uh -huh. uh, I kind of would love for you to maybe just pray through that with us, or whatever you feel led to do. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people that that will be listening. Um, yeah, I just know that there's a great hunger to know how to actually access our father yeah. and actually yes. um, experience yes. his affection. And I know that you carry that. Yeah. So I'd love for you to just take a minute. Absolutely. Yeah. The beginning of the Lord's prayer is our father. Yeah. And, and, uh, Jesus wanted us to know from the start. Remember Jesus called him Abba, which is Papa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like a two-year-old uh, child that says up, up daddy, up dada. What, what what good father would resist that? That's how Jesus told us to call our father in heaven. And so what I want to do is release over you the father's blessing. This is what we have all longing for. And so I, I just right now, as you're listening to this, I, I would love it if you would even close your eyes and just maybe even put your hand over your heart because that's where your father is. He, he's loving you from the inside out. And your father in heaven says to you, you my beloved child my child you are the one that i always wanted i created you exactly as i wanted to you are beautifully fashioned i left no detail undone of what i wanted in you and i tell you child that you are enough i made you enough you measure up already nothing you have to do to prove anything to me I love you because I love you because I love you because you're the child that I always wanted and the child that I will have with me forever. And my child, I release to you my blessing. I give you my blessing. This is not something you beg for. I give you my blessing, my inheritance. Everything that's mine is yours because you are my child. And so I release over all those who are listening right now, I release over you a spirit of rest where you will cease from the striving to earn what is already yours. And you simply agree with a childlike heart, my daddy loves me. This is just the way it is. My daddy loves me. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for the truth that sets us free.
<laughs> Amen. Amen. So good, man. Grateful for you. Let's let's uh, give us your your deets, your your uh, online locations. How we find you? Uh, sure. Uh, well, uh, my my book again is always loved. You are God's treasure, not His project, and that's on Amazon and on. I I, re- I read the book myself, so it's on all the you know iTunes, all the all the various ways you would find an audio book. It's on all of them. Um, I also did a, a devotional series uh, with Always Loved, uh, Always Loved, and it's it's you know the four seasons: winter, spring, summer, and autumn. And uh, so you can find those on Amazon as well. I wrote those just like you said, Jason. I I wrote those because people kept asking me. They said, "Man, this book was so good. Give us more of the yummy things that God says to us. The Father says." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I wrote this devotional. Only what I purposely chose to do is just once one devotional per week. In other words, uh, like a paragraph, a long paragraph of the Father's feelings directly towards you from his heart to yours, his voice to yours. Yeah. And then every day I go deeper with that same. I ask people reread that every day because so often we're just moving on to the next thing and we don't even let the last thing sink into our heart. Right. So I, I take one of those really wonderful thoughts that God, your Father, has about you and go deeper every day. And then the next week starts the next one. I love it. Um, uh, my, uh, I do have a website. It needs to be redone. So, but um, it's uh, uh, brentlockerministries.com or .org actually. Okay. Uh, but you got to know how to spell my name. <laughs> B-R-E-N-T, but it's L-O-K-K-E-R. So brentlockerministries.com or .org. Uh, my church is uh, blazingfire.org. You can reach me on there. There's actually, a, you know, an email. So you could email me that way. Awesome. Uh, because I just released that Father's Blessing, go to YouTube and type in my name, Brent Locker, and type in the Father's Blessing. And what will come up is a five-minute video with my voice, uh, but with, with uh, the words of the Father's Blessing uh, spoken by me over you with some some slides and stuff. So. But but I, I share that because uh, I know there have been people who, uh, Thomas, you were asking earlier, both of you were asking, how do you help people break through? For some people, this is not a formula. Sure. God will work with every one of his kids differently. But for some people, they listen to that every day for like a month. And it did something. It shifted something. In That's them. awesome. I'll make sure to put that up on our website, too. So that, uh, if okay. you're on our website, that'll be available. Brian, it was so nice to... To meet you, even if it wasn't face to face, but I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Thomas. I appreciate your heart too a lot. I'm thankful for you, man. I'm really grateful. We appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Jason. Love you a bunch, and uh, looking forward to our next conversation. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it encouraged. Uh, we had a lot of fun making it. If you guys want to subscribe to this podcast, please do. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All of them. Anywhere you might listen and, to podcasts. And leave a review. Leave a review. Also, if you want to follow us on uh, social media, um, you can go uh, to, uh, I know this man has a Twitter account. Uh, we both do. Uh, and if you want to find us uh, online, we're at afamilystory.org, afamilystory.org. Also, you can reach me there if you want to get a hold of us for any reason at uh, jason at afamilystory.org. We're excited that you guys are on this journey with us and we look forward to releasing more content. Yeah, thanks. See you.